All right, y'all. Welcome to. Joining me, got a special guest, a fellow podcaster and a student at the school I work at. My main man, Bishop. Welcome to the show. I'm here. You know, glad you have me. You know, very appreciative. You know, glad we can, you know, converse and have a great conversation about whatever we can go and talk about. All right, man. My man, listen, before we get going, please tell us a little bit about your uh, podcast, the name of your podcast, some of the topics you cover. Well, my podcast is called The Same Podcast, you know, the and this S period, A, A period, M period, E, but podcast and whatever. So I'm on YouTube right now. I'm trying to get on other streaming platforms, but for right now, I'm on YouTube. I cover music, basketball, a little bit of black history, you know, certain things like that. And I just have a great time just like, you know, talking because, you know, I'd like to express myself. So podcasting and I love to talk. So, you know, it helps me, you know, just clear my mind and get my stuff off. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that quick intro. I'm like you as well, where I use podcasting as an outlet, express myself. Believe it or not, I'm actually not much of a talker. You know, this is I'm using this platform actually to make myself express myself a little bit more, be more uh, outward in my thinking. We're doing it for different reasons, but hopefully we're ending up with the same results. People come on to love what we're talking about, appreciate what we're talking about, connect to what we're talking about. Shout out to you, you know, at such a young age, uh, what you're doing right now, I would never have thought about doing something like this at your age. So shout to you, willing to be, put yourself out there, be vocal, express yourself. So, you know, that's a great skill to have. As long as you continue to try to refine it, you're going to do great things. All right. So let's really get into what we need to talk about because Every time you walk into my gym, you start talking basketball, you act like you know what you're talking about when you're talking to me. First off, let's talk about, matter of fact, let's address the elephant in the room, the Nets. Okay, let's talk about the Nets. What are you feeling about the Nets right now in their stand? I'm a Nets fan. I'm from Brooklyn. You know, I'm from Bed-Stuy, most specifically. We got knocked out. Um, We're just going to have to accept it. Going to have to come back next season even crazier because – I'm not trying to make excuses, but a big reason, because we could have knocked out the Bucks easily. We could have knocked them out. But I feel like that game where Bruce Brown, like he literally like started a comeback, but he made a dumb play at the end, near the end of that game of like, what was that, game four? Game five, game four? I think it was game, yeah, it was game five. He was like, he commanded the whole like comeback and everything, but like the last three plays of the game, they didn't give KD the ball. So I'm like, like, what are you doing? Come on. Like, and then he kind of like fumbled the ball, you know, took a bad shot and we lost that game. But, you know, I'm glad we made it to the playoffs. I'm glad we were the second seed. We had a couple players in the all star game and I feel like in free agency, we're definitely going to get like a great defender just to, you know, to improve on that side of the ball. But yeah, I'm proud of my, my nets and you talking about my nets. Let's talk about your nets. Uh, man. All right. See, I knew that was coming. I knew, I knew the Knicks slander was about to come, but listen, I think my Knicks overachieved this year. Definitely. You know, the big thing with the Knicks was, was, uh, and I spoke about it before was culture. 
we just had a culture of losing for so many years. We just needed somebody who wouldn't accept losing at the clip we were at. So having Tom Timido just in the building, you know, he got everybody else going. He gave expectation. He gave purpose. And sometimes that's what all player needs, you know, and consistency. And it did. And it helps that you have somebody like Derrick Rose who understands his voice. You have somebody like Todd Gibson on the roster that understands his voice. And, you know, Tom Thibodeau, I love his style. Look, it's very clear. If you can play D, you can get on the floor. Offense, you know, we'll work things out, take care of yourself. But as long as you play D and you play D as a team, you know, you, we can achieve a lot of things. And listen, he was coach of the year. He overachieved with that roster. We definitely still have some holes that showed from the Atlanta series. You know, Julius Randle. You know, I love him to death, but got to add some more stuff to his bag. And hopefully we have some cap room now. We can get him some help. Shout out to Reggie Reggie and Alec for shooting the lights out. Shout out to Derek Rose being the professional that he is. Shout out to RJ Barrett, the greatest powerful shooting guard of ever, all, all time. Uh, you know, I'm happy he got it together. And I saw Obi Toppin towards the end start to pull it together. So, you know, we got some solid pieces. We're just missing like one or two more things to make a run. But like I said, they definitely overachieved, but we have something to look forward to as long as they don't sign Dennis Schroeder. Don't sign Dennis Schroeder, please. Please do not, please do not sign Dennis Schroeder. All right, that's all. That's all I'm going to say about the Knicks. All right, so moving forward, okay, we've got the Bucks versus Atlanta. What do you got in that series? What do you think? Bucks versus Atlanta. I'm going to be completely honest. I think I got the Bucks. I, I I really think I got the Bucks in this series because of their defense. Like their defense is a very strong part of their game. They have great defense. Like they have Chris Middleton and they have um Drew Holiday. Those are like two great defensive guards that can both guard Trey Young and they're both bigger and taller than Trey Young and I feel like they can probably move with him and probably force him into some bad shots taking like not being as efficient as a scorer that he usually is and then you know they don't have like a super dominant I mean they have Clint Capella um the Hawks they have Clint Capella in the paint but I don't think that Clint Capella can really slow down Giannis like with KD they're like the two freaks of nature when it comes to basketball like they're like, they're both like seven foot, handle the ball, get to the basket, like agile can, you know, are not super clunky big men that just run down the floor. They can actually move down the floor. They're not big for no reason. All right. Yeah, solid. I love that. I think I have the Bucks winning series, even though I think it's going to be close. I kind of, I agree with you that Drew Holiday can maybe slow down Trey a little bit, but Trey is different. Trey's a trickster with the basketball. He loves he loves to draw fouls. His hesitation is unmatched at, at this point, and he's kind of figured it out, you know, before I compared it to his old um, Oklahoma days where he was just, you know, rocking it out, going to different stadiums and getting it done. But I do have the Bucs winning the series just because of their strong defensive play because they, they can rotate Middleton on them. They can rotate P.J. Tucker on them. They can rotate Drew Holiday on them. The Bucs have to worry about the firepower Believe it or not, the firepower of the Atlanta Hawks. They got Bajanovic, who's a shooter. Hewitt is a shooter. You know, Trey's obviously a shooter. What they're going to be missing Atlanta is DeAndre Hunter. That's going to be a missing piece because that's another body they can throw at Giannis. You know, uh, I, I do suspect that they're going to have a lot of Solomon Hill on Giannis. 
But at the same time, Solomon Hill hurts them so much offensively that I don't see him on the floor. So it's going to be a platoon of Collins, Capella, and uh, Solomon Hill. They're going to throw him on there. Look, let's see what happens. Look, if, Gian- if they put Giannis in the paint like they did, with, like they figured it out, Bootenholes will finally figure out what to do. You know, it's going to be tough sledding. But I'm never going to count out Trey Young in any uh, playoff series. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens, man. You know, this is the first time we're going to have somebody other than LeBron or Golden State <laughs> in a finals game for a few years. So it's nice to get some fresh new blood. All right, let's switch gears. How about that Clippers series versus Phoenix? I'm in love with Devin Booker's game because he just exposed the mid-range. I, I'm a person that believes the mid-range never dies. I'm glad he's shown that in the playoffs. He had 20 points from the elbow. And if anybody knows me, and all my guys, or anybody who's played for me knows, Coach loves the elbow, defending the elbow and scoring from the elbow or getting the ball in the elbow because magical things can happen. What are your beliefs and stance? Who got winning that series? I mean, like Stephen A. said, Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant. Like, I, I really do believe it. Like, Devin, I mean, like, um, Devin Booker is the next Kobe Bryant and, like, Donovan Mitchell is, like, the next D-Wade. With Chris Paul, since he's kind of out on COVID, he still has, he can still come back. But you see with the Clippers, they have Kawhi. He's gone for the rest of the year. He might be gone for a good portion of next year too, because they say he like tore his ACL. So I feel like the Clippers lost a much bigger piece in losing Kawhi Leonard than the than the Suns did in Chris Paul. Even though Chris Paul was a great player throughout the whole season, he's like this. He was like their um, that was like the hidden gem. Like that was like the one missing puzzle piece they needed for the championship to make a championship run. Um, but like the thing about Chris Paul, like I said, he can come back and I feel like because of that, Suns might take the series. So we might see a Giannis versus Devin Booker series, you know, like I love Devin Booker. Like he's just like a bona fide scorer. Like he can just, he's just one of those players that you can just be like, go get me a bucket and he'll get you a bucket. Like he'll just get you who would give you like a one-two cross and pull up in your face, like just boom, I'm telling you. He's a problem. He's an absolute problem. And that's why I think some, the Suns are going to take this series. Well, the way you're talking, it sounds like you got the Suns beating the Clippers and then you got the Suns beating the Bucks. That's what it sounds like. That's what, that's what it sounds like you say to me. That's what I heard. Maybe, maybe I heard wrong, but that's what I heard. Can you, can you get more in-depth about it? Let me hear that. I want to hear you say that. I'm going to have to see. I'm going to have to see I don't know, because I feel like they can pull out a series against the Bucks. I think so. I think they might be able to. But then also, like I said earlier, you got Chris Middleton, you got um, Drew Holiday, and you got P.J. Tucker that can probably try and stop Devin Booker, but you never know if they can stop Devin Booker. If we're being real, I feel like the Bucks, and that's going to be the um, matchup, of the finals and we're just going to have to see how they play because we can just see Devin Booker just choke or we can see the Bucks just crumble under Devin Booker's amazing ability to score. So we're just going to have to see, honestly, 
I can't make no predictions now because I don't want to be eating my words. But we're gonna have to see. All right, so you're gonna play super safe. You're gonna play. I see what you're doing there. So I do have the Bucks playing Phoenix in the finals. I believe with a healthy Chris Paul coming back. Well, the Clippers. Um, excuse me. The Phoenix has to win tonight without Chris Paul. Chris Paul is out again. Health and safety protocol. I hope all is well with him. I hope he becomes back 100%. He just has that, you know, curse bug of always something sick, injured, or, you know, something's going on. But anyway, hopefully he comes back 100%. I have Phoenix beating the Clippers without Kawhi. Paul George is going to give a wonderful effort, but I think Phoenix is just will be too much down the stretch. That Phoenix and Bucks matchup with everyone healthy, it's a great matchup. I think um, Chris Middleton will actually be the key to that matchup because he'll have to, Mikel Bridges and Cam Johnson will have to kind of balance him out. I think Chris Paul and Drew are going to have an amazing battle. I think Giannis, DeAndre Ayton will go at it a little bit, you know, but Brooke Lopez has to show up this series, you know, and that's going to be the matchup. And then, you know, Devin Booker, Devin Booker is going to, you know, find a way to score. So, it's going to be interesting. Two, two contradicting styles, you know, down the stretch. Both teams are mid-range killers. So I actually can't wait to see that. Just opportunity to see real basketball, two great basketball minds going at it. And it should be dope. Um, all right, man. Anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to cover? I feel like we kind of covered a whole bunch of stuff that, that needed to be covered. I want to talk about something real quick. I want to talk about Stephen Curry real quick. I want to see. I want to see. Right. I feel like people have started to give Steph his respect now, but I still feel like he's one of the most underrated players in the entire league. You know why? Because y'all seem to forget, y'all just think like Steph just missed the playoffs, right? But you fail to think that, you fail to know that just this year they added the plan. If there was no plan, Steph would have been in the playoffs. Right, like Ja wouldn't be in the playoffs right now. Like Steph would be in the playoffs, and like he's just a great leader. Like he played with a bummy, inconsistent team, and he essentially made the playoffs. And they and like they were the seventh seed, which is like a good seed for which is a good seeding for a team that's not that good. But then y'all also forget that he had a hip contusion. If he didn't have that hip contusion, he probably would have been like sixth, fifth seed maybe, like like solidified in the playoffs. So, you know, and I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait for Clay to come back and for us to really start to, you know, show people that we not just a fluke dynasty, you know, like we not just like a, oh, they, they got, they made it to the finals you know, five times straight, you know, they're just trash all of a sudden. Nah, we're going we gonna to go back to the playoffs next year. I'll just wait. Oh, boy. Here we go. Because he started talking, and then he started saying we, which means we sound like he's a Golden State fan, Steph Curry. Okay, shout out to them, actually. You know what? I, I will agree. I will say this. I agree that, you know, this year should have opened a lot of people's eyes with Steph Curry, man, just – he put the team on his back and still got him in the playoffs in spite of a young roster, in spite of inexperience, in spite of not having Clay. So he just proved once again that he is one of the greatest players to play the game. He's a transcendent type. Put the team on his back. You know, I, so I'll, I'll give much respect to him. 
and hopefully Clay comes back 100. percent With those two, if those two are healthy, and with a healthy Draymond, I, you know it's hard to bet against them. Even with their emergence of Denver and Utah and John Morant and Memphis and all these teams, man, you know I, I still can't count them out. I'll I'll agree with you on that. It's going to be exciting next year once everyone's healthy. All right, before we go, I want to hear your take on Ben Simmons. I want to hear your take on Ben Simmons. All right, I'm going to pause it. I'm, 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 I'm going to mute my mic. I'm just going to let you go. I want to hear your take on Ben Simmons. Go. I love, I like Ben Simmons. I'm not a Ben Simmons hater. I'm not a Ben Simmons lover. But what he did in game seven really, like, made me know exactly what Philly should do with him. He was a, he's very talented, man. I'm telling you, like he's 6'11", 240, has guard-like abilities, can handle the ball, run an offense, pass the ball, play defense, get to the basket, you know, that kind of thing. Like in an NBA where seven foot, like centers have a jump shot, it's kind, you're kind of a little bit obsolete if you have no jumper and you're kind of playing that guard forward kind of position. You're not aggressive enough. You're really passive. I don't think you have much confidence in your like jump shot because like I saw a report that was like, he's shooting with his left hand, but he should be shooting with his right because it's like, he's more efficient with his right hand. I feel like the, the 76ers should trade him. I'm sorry to say it, Joel Embiid deserves a little better. I mean, like, he literally, if he didn't get injured, I feel like the big reason why Jokic got the MVP is because Steph got injured and Joel Embiid got injured. If they didn't get injured, someone else would have had the MVP. Probably Steph, but that's besides the point. But, yeah, I feel like they did, They have to, like, trade him to, like, um, I was thinking, like, Portland maybe, like, trade him, like, to Portland for like a like a Damian Lillard maybe or like a and give like them like a draft pick or something maybe to just put a little icing on top <laughs> like there's different trade options but I feel like that's a very good trade because you're giving Joel Embiid an established guard that can take you guys far that's a great leader Damian Lillard is always preaching about loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. All these players that jump from team to team. And I respect that. But then also another thing is, if you really want your career to be like solidified as like a, like a legendary Hall of Fame career, you have to win something. And a player like Damian Lillard, I don't see him winning an MVP. I would most likely see Damian Lillard winning a championship than winning an MVP at this point in his career. So I feel like they just need to get a solidified guard and just get an aggressive guard that can go out and score. Much I would much rather have a guard that can take me far than having a talented prospect that never blossomed into that, you know, that that player that was going to be the next Magic Johnson, the next you know, LeBron James, because that, that's what they were comparing him to. They were comparing him like LeBron James, Lamar Odom kind of thing. But like a big thing, a big problem about Ben Simmons is he can't shoot, doesn't have much confidence in his shot. So that's what, that's my thing about Ben Simmons. And why did you give up the dunk? You had a wide open dunk. Like it's six, like you're going, like you're six, 
240, right? You're going against 6'1", probably like 185, Trey Young. If you don't dunk on him, bro, like, if you don't just boom, like, if you don't just boom it on him, like, I know you're afraid of getting fouled, but you could have, like, laid it up. Like, you could have just, like, put something up quick before he, like, got the chance to foul you. He can be great, but he's just, you know, not – he's a good player. You know, he's made all-star games, but he's not that great player that people expected him to be. But I feel like he still can blossom into that person if he develops the confidence. And another weird thing, seven like, the 76ers are all having, like, problems. Like, they're, they have, like, a lot of problems with players not, even have, not having confidence. Like – him, like Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz. Like Markel Fultz is a great player. He was on like on track to be like, not all-star, but like he was one of the better players in the league, but you know, he tore his ACL. I feel like, and like, look at and on the topic of Markel Fultz, you see him kind of blossoming in, in Orlando. He's kind of, he's doing well in Orlando, but he got injured. But if he was like still like healthy, he could be probably averaging a cool 18, a cool like six assists a game and I feel like if Ben Simmons go to another team he might blossom or you know might just plummet oh that was a lot there to unpack my man you started getting passionate real quick you got to dunk that you got to lay it up I'm not going to give too much up here because I'm actually going to be talking to a Sixers fan uh sometime today we're going to be getting in depth about some of the decision making and things like that I just wanted your take I agree with most of it Hopefully he can work it out. He, does, he still does have potential, but part of me feels like Ben Simmons is what Ben Simmons is. He is a 6'10", Eric Snow. All right, y'all, that's a wrap. I want to thank my man Bishop from the same podcast. Go check him out. Go like it and subscribe to his channel. I'm going to leave it here in the comment section and on screen so you can go find him. Also, check me out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and whatever you stream your music. Check y'all on the flip side. Peace.